When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Unplayable Podcast in lockdown. We're going to speak to Alyssa Healy now and then later, Beth Mooney. But uh, Alyssa, how have you been? How have you been treating isolation? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Sam. I've been waiting for this call up for a while. Thanks hang, for finally inviting me to the podcast. But um... uh, hang, hang on a sec. <laughs> Haven't you been doing the rounds? You've been doing Alyssa to Lakers, Instagram. Were you on the Howie Games? I feel like <laughs> I am not even on the podium here. Mm. Well, I was just—I was waiting for your uh, invite. I w- you would have been top of the tree, but um, that uh, this lockdown's been uh, been a strange one. We we feel kind of guilty in this household that uh, we've been enjoying ourselves because we don't often get to spend a lot of time at home. So, for us to be here for an extended period of time is, uh, has been really nice, and um, we feel like normal people. So, come when we get the opportunity to go back to cricket, uh, we're probably not going to know what to do with ourselves. You always say how much you miss Mitch and all the time <laughs> you set, you spend apart is really tough on you guys. But now having spent, you know, six or eight weeks with him 24-7, is it really all that cracked up to be? Well, funnily enough, I reckon there's only been one day where we've sort of kind of got sick of one another. Um, but we we have noted that um, when, once retirement hits and we stop playing cricket, that we are going to need some separate hobbies to get through <laughs> our weeks because we can't spend 24-7 together. So... Um, the next like couple of years of our career will be what do we like doing outside of cricket so that we can take those up straight away. So what have you guys been doing? I've noticed you've you built a shed, been playing some golf, looking after the dogs. What else has been on the agenda? Yeah, we uh, we got stuck into the DIY at home um, in the first couple of weeks while we were highly motivated to do it and um, got all that done, built the shed, as you said, and remained married through that. So that was a, a real <laughs> test for us. But um did a, we didn't yell at one another. We just sort of went quiet at times when it got a bit frustrating. But um, that that was all good. And, yeah, been been playing a bit of golf. We're lucky here in Sydney that the golf courses have remained open. And um, so we've been able to keep sane by getting out and walking around and having a whack of golf. So, yeah, like I said, we, we kind of just feel like we're, we're normal people. We're not really cricketers at the moment. We're just enjoying that. And, um, you know, when the time comes that we get back to training properly and um, – you know, with our teams that we'll, we'll definitely feel refreshed and, and ready to get back amongst the cricket. When you guys play golf, you compete for the Steely Cup. Who is in the mm. lead this year? That would be me. Uh, I've uh, played pretty well over the last couple of weeks. We haven't had any um, actual competitions at our, at our club um, until they open up again next week. So that'll be a test when our handicaps move. But um, yeah, it's been me at the minute. I've had a few really good rounds and Mitch has let himself down at the back end of the 18 holes to sort of relinquish the lead. So uh, I'm pretty chuffed with that at the minute. But a uh, long way to go in the 12 months. So I'll have to wait and see how it pans out. Let's not count our chickens just yet. Definitely not. It's been a couple of months since the World Cup final and uh, I guess when the COVID-19 pandemic really hit Australia. Uh, but look, looking back on that night, have you had a chance to, to watch your innings again, watch that whole final? I'm sure the memories are, are still thick in the, in the memory, but uh, have you had a look at the, your innings, that play of the match innings? 
Uh, no, I haven't actually. I um, yeah, it pops up on the telly every now and then, and I get a bulk message from people who are sitting down and watching it who were there that that night and still want to watch it again. But I haven't sat down and watched it. I've watched a few videos on social media um, that have popped up about the final and about the World Cup, but I haven't sat there. I think that's something for later in my career. I don't like watching myself play too much. It doesn't look like what I feel like out there. So. Um, I'll wait, but um, oh, what an amazing experience that was. Um, it was just everything you could have dreamed of. I, I remember getting asked, I think, six weeks or something leading into that World Cup, um, you know, what what might happen on March 8. And I said, well, I've dreamed about standing on stage with Katy Perry with a medal around my, ne- my neck. And, um, yeah, look, it happened. And it was even better than what I dreamed about it. So um, oh, it was a special occasion. And, and hopefully it's the start of something really great for women's cricket in this country speaking of katie perry you celebrated with her after the final after the victory but before it she put on one hell of a show uh were you captivated watching that did you get a chance to see that was it hard to focus on the game at hand with katie perry performing on the mcg yeah so i i was standing there's actually a photo i found it on instagram that someone took from the crowd of a group of us lined up watching the show unfold and um there i am and I think it was, uh, let's say, 10 minutes till we walked out to bat and Pez turned to me. I was still in my training gear and Pez turned to me and said, Midge, you have to go and open the batting for Australia in a minute. Should you not go and get padded up? And I was like, oh, but I want to watch Katy Perry. So I had to run down and um, put my put my playing gear on and put my pads and and stuff on to get ready to bat. So I was just captivated in, in her performance and all the, the floating cricket bats around the around the stadium so it was uh oh, it was amazing to watch and obviously to be a part of it was even more special but then to go out and bat it was kind of took away took the gloss away from it how about the the after party what was it like up on stage with katie perry and then back in the change rooms yeah well you really saw some of our uh our teammates really flourish on stage with katie uh, <laughs> i'm sure everyone's seen the sophie molyneux video but uh, that was uh we obviously hoped it was going to happen, but we weren't sure that it was going to. So to get the tap on the shoulder from our security and say, you're on, you're on stage, let's go do it. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. She's a global superstar and for her to be so uh, welcoming of us on there and to steal the limelight away from her for, for a small amount of time uh, was pretty special. So that was good fun. But in the change room, it was just so nice to have all our family and friends around us. There was so many people in that change room I've never seen the sheer amount of people that that was there um how we didn't run out of alcohol i'm not too sure but um, <laughs> to just be able to share that moment with with family friends who had all you know not necessarily sacrificed a lot but had made the made the effort to come down and and watch us um yeah it was fantastic and we got to sing the song in front of everyone and um to yeah for them to just be there and celebrate with us was was really special and hope it's definitely something that i'll remember for a long period of time having a lot of family and friends there but I'm sure the family and friends will remember that as well. Just on that inning, 75 off 39 deliveries or something like that. Uh, but who's counting? Did you really feel um, any extra pressure on that match to go and set a good platform for Australia? Was it, I mean, your, your plan is always to take down the opposition opening attack. Yeah, it was, it was a strange feeling. There's obviously a lot of pressure going into a World Cup final, but that was probably the most relaxed that I've ever been opening the batting for Australia. It sounds really bizarre. It's like the biggest stage that I'll, have, I'll ever probably play on. Um, and to be as, as calm as I was, was a bizarre feeling. But I think it was actually during the anthem that, that did it to me. Um, we were standing there singing the national anthem in front of that many people and you could hear them belting it out. And um, 
I looked across. Uh, I remember there's a photo of us or a video of Pez and I standing there laughing during the anthem because we looked straight ahead of us and there's Lisa Stalaka crying, bawling her eyes out to, to just be there and be a part of something that special. And I think Pez and I sort of pinched one another and, and was like, how cool is this? And to walk out to bat, I said the same thing to Moons. We, we glove tapped and I said, this is so cool. And I pretty sure I marked Senna and I, I looked up and saw Deepthi Sharma there and she was fiddling with her socks, fiddling with the ball, fiddling with her shirt. And uh, Moons walked halfway down the wicket and I, I walked down and met her and said, she's so nervous, let's get her. Um, <laughs> just You could see the nerves on her face and I just thought, Moons, there's two of us out here, there's 11 of them and I think we're the most calm people out here so let's just get it done. And... Uh, yeah, thankfully it was a full toss first up and it, it calmed the nerves. But I guess for me, my job is to to calm the the uh, the dugout down a little bit and get us off to a good start. And to be able to do that, um, yeah, put us in good stead for that big total. That was always going to be tricky to get. You're going to do pretty well to top that experience, Lisa. I don't know how you're going to do that. Um... <laughs> well, so I keep saying I wish I had a retired then and there because I don't feel like I'm ever going to feel like that ever again. But uh, I'll keep. I'll keep pushing and um, see if we can get that experience again. Okay, there's no much cricket <laughs> at the moment. Your South Africa tour was cancelled because uh, of coronavirus. We don't know when the next game of cricket is going to be. There's been some reports in the media about uh, shortened season next year, uh, men's shield and domestic 50-over competition, and then even the WBBL might uh, be losing a few games. How would that sit with you if you have to play in, in this climate um, and you'd have to lose a couple of WBBL games? How would that sit with you? Yeah, it obviously doesn't sit great. We don't want to lose any cricket. Uh, we've been really fortunate that we haven't really lost any cricket. I know that you mentioned the, the South African tour and the boys are, are impacted um, coming out of our leave period now um, with some tours. But uh, look, for, from my point of view, it would be a real shame, especially, you know, the WBBL. Um, it's such a, a great tournament for us. Um, you know, it's the bulk amount of cricket that we get to play. We don't get to play a lot of 50 over cricket for our domestic competitions. And that's something that us as a playing group have been really pushing for, for the last few years to make sure that that WNCL competition is looked after. And um, yeah, look, we don't want to lose any cricket. I don't feel like our domestic players get to play enough cricket as it is. So um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what decisions are made. I know that's not set in stone. I know there's some, some schedule meetings coming up um, that some players are going to be involved in that uh, will hopefully get to have their say on um, you know what this summer might look like but I know from a playing point of view nobody wants to lose any cricket um, we want to play as much as we possibly can and and knowing that there's a World Cup a 50 over World Cup on the horizon in February um, we want to make sure that we're playing uh, as much cricket as we can to gain some momentum leading into that and if that's domestically then we want as much as we can. You're an ACA board member. As a senior figure in the game, what's the feeling among the players about how this has all been handled? You're talking about some meetings coming up, but um, how has the playing group felt about how the COVID-19 pandemic has been held on a cricket front? We feel lucky that cricket really hasn't been impacted a lot by it. And and I can say that with um, complete, I guess, empathy for, for all of the winter sports that are trying really hard to get themselves up and running at the moment that I'm sitting here in my leave period, um, technically on holidays, um, you know, watching all these sports, trying to struggle to get their to get their seasons up and running. So from that point of view that we feel really lucky that we haven't been as affected by it. Uh, I know there's been a lot in the media about, um, you know, both the ACA, but as a player sitting in the middle where 
we're just going about our business and letting the powers that be make those decisions as to how um, the summer of cricket's going to look. So, um, yeah, it's been interesting times. I think everyone's going to have to make some adjustments, um, you know, hopefully not make some concessions, but make some adjustments to, to the game and what it might look like moving forward with, you know, restrictions easing here and there. But we don't actually know what what a couple of months' time is going to look like at the moment. So for us as players, we're just going to, keep training um, hard, um, knowing that hopefully some cricket is around the corner and when we get that opportunity to play that um, we'll be ready to go. Yeah, you don't want to see. I mean, the, the WBBL built so much momentum in the past couple of seasons, hasn't it, since it's, um, it's been about five years now. So um, you'd hate to see that shortened in any way. And I guess the beauty about both the WBBL and BBL is it's quite flexible. You can sort of play it almost anywhere at any time, right? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think there's a potential that the WBBL could be the first um, cricket that we sort of see on the telly. I know there's talk of um, some men's tours going on before that, but it could be the it could well be the first cricket. So we want to make sure that there's a, a proper investment in the women's game at, at the domestic level to make sure that it's a really great product for for people to watch. Um, with talk that the international players may not be out here for it, we want to make sure that um, you know the players around our state cricket are really well looked after and are given the, the most opportunities to go out there and be full-time cricketers and come WBBL time, put on the best show for everyone out there. And, and people love watching the WBBL and we want to make sure that that product just keeps going from strength to strength. And to lose all the, I guess, the, 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 the bad part about this COVID-19 lockdown has been that it feels like we lost a little bit of momentum that we, we built throughout that World Cup. I think we, we saw something really amazing happen uh, for women's cricket in this country and getting 87,000 people to the MCG, there were people talking about the tournament for the few weeks that it was on and leading into it as well to see the, the scrutiny on, on both myself and my teammates on, on our performance leading into that was, was so amazing to be a part of. It felt like we'd really, um, you know, turned the corner on, um, on women's cricket in this country. So it's such a shame that this has all happened that... Um, potentially lost a little bit of momentum but I think we can pick that up pretty quickly once we get back um, get back rolling and, and making sure that um, we invest properly in the women's game and to make sure that it, it thrives in the future. Absolutely I'm going to finish off with a fan question this is anonymous um, this person didn't want to be named but I just want to ask Alyssa have you sorted out getting your scooter serviced yet? <laughs> I know exactly who that's come because there's only one person who knows about that. But, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've used my downtime here wisely and uh, I had a, a few, I've been learning. So I've been doing a few courses um, through uni here that, on, on some leadership and I've also went and got my, um, my scooter licence again. Uh, I let my L's expire because I was touring so much. But I went and got them again. So I've been uh, riding my scooter around. But unfortunately, uh, it's been sitting there gathering dust for so long that um, it needs a service. And no, I haven't done it yet. So... Uh, I'm pretty sure it's roadworthy. Don't hold me on that. But, um, yeah, look, it needs a service. Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> Didn't say that. Didn't say that. Well, Lisa, uh, good luck with uh, the scooter, um, the downtime, living with your husband, uh, and please take care. We'll chat to you later. I'll, you'll be the first one uh, I invite on next time we do this. Thank you, Ferris. Beth, thanks for coming on. How have you been spending the isolation? Yeah, thanks for having me. I think um, the isolation's come in a good time for us, hasn't it? I mean, I think everyone was ready to pack their kit bags up and um, have a bit of a rest. I've been channeling my inner animeers and getting on the road bike and <laughs> getting out and about. And 
Um, probably turned myself into a professional dog walker as well. Poor Ruby's had many, many dog walks. So um, <laughs> that's probably the extent of my days at the minute. Can you believe that only a few months ago you were playing in a T20 World Cup final and just how everything's changed almost overnight? Uh, no, it's quite surreal when you think about it. I think um, it's kind of unbelievable that we got that final in when we did with the, the amount of people in the stadium that we did. So um, it, it doesn't really feel like it happened, but thankfully we've got um, plenty of photos to show for it. Um, yeah, it was a pretty unbelievable week. I was going to say, have you had a chance to reflect on not only the final, but the, the whole tournament? Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've since, since I got home that week, you know, people stop you in the street and, and want to have a chat about it and things like that. So um, it's been nice to be able to share, share the journey with all my people um, in Brisbane that couldn't make it down to Melbourne. And um, I guess probably now that we've got all this extra time, I mean, you can sit back and reflect on just what an incredible achievement it was given the adversity that we faced throughout the tournament. Was there a moment in the campaign that you thought you might not make it, that the wheels might have completely fallen off? Yeah, I think um, there were a few expletives sort of <laughs> in my head when I got out against Sri Lanka in that um, second game and, and I left a sort of three for ten. I was giving myself a few uppercuts walking off the field thinking I'd stuffed up for my team and my teammates. Not not because I didn't think anyone else could do it, just because I'd sort of dug us a hole and um, thankfully Megan Rach came out and saved the day as they have done pretty much every time they walk out to bat for us. So um, I, I think that was a pretty defining moment at the end of that game that showed that um, we can win from anywhere as a team and, and we've got great character within our dressing room and, and good, a good amount of fight as well. Um, we don't just win the games that are easy, we win the ones that are hard and we certainly showed that. Skipper Meg Lanning played a big part in that game and throughout the rest of the tournament. Just how impressive was she, not only as a batter, but as a leader? Yeah, I mean, Meg just does that time and time again, doesn't she? She's the ultimate clutch player for us. Um, she's so calm on the outside. I'm not sure what she feels on the inside. But, um, yeah, she just finds a way every time. And, and Rachel Haynes is no different. That's probably why it makes them a great leadership team for our group and um, they do a lot of things through actions instead of words and, and that definitely um, guides the way for the rest of us to want to improve and be better as well. How about that final 86,000 fans? You're out there batting first and your opening partner, Alyssa Healy, just goes off. You had the best seat in the house. What was it like being down the other end? Yeah, unbelievable. I think um, I remember saying to a few different people, it must have been the morning of or the, the day before my sister and a couple of my mates were in Melbourne and you know I was, I was starting to get a bit nervous about the game and I remember saying to him on a few separate occasions I think I think Midge is going to have a day out at this final I've just got this feeling she's going to have a day out and um, boy did she ever I think that's some of the cleanest hitting I've seen and as you said I get the best seat in the house I don't have to do a whole lot and she makes my life pretty easy because she just deals in boundaries so we don't have to even run a run a whole lot I'm, I'm the idiot at the other end just hitting ones and twos so um, yeah, she, she definitely makes my life pretty easy and um, lets me get into my innings a, a bit and, and then cash in at the back end. Alyssa can really find the boundary, but one of your greatest strengths is just being able to drop it and then take that quick single. Is that something you practice? Yeah, I think um, it's important to, to practice the way that you play and, and one of the things that I pride myself on is trying to score off as many balls as I can. So um, anytime you face a decent delivery, you want to try and get up the other end instead of sort of wasting a ball, especially in T20 cricket. So, um, 
I, I do practice that a, a fair bit at training and, and sort of run halfway up the wicket when I do it. Um, but at the same time, my practice, you know, trying to hit the ball out of the park as well. So there's a good balance of both. And, and thankfully, it shows when I'm out there playing. Well, showed in that World Cup, you were the player of the tournament. What do you think you did so well that resulted in such an exceptional performance? Yeah, um, I think just knowing your role. Um, it, obviously, in cricket, um, it's it's the most interesting team sport where your your individual skills, as your own sort of person, contribute to a team success rather than sort of helping each other out and. Um, obviously, when you're batting in a partnership, um, you work together a fair bit in bowling in a partnership. But aside from that, you're sort of doing your own thing a little bit. And and one thing that um, that really resonated with me was people just reminding me what my role was within that group and, and that I was doing a good job of it, um, even on the days when I feel like I probably was chewing up too many balls or um, taking too long to get off the mark or whatever else it might have been. So... Um, I guess there's just real open dialogue and clarity of communication within our team at the moment to to provide, I guess, belief in the players and um, make people feel like they, they can win the game from anywhere. Last one on the World Cup. We've got to ask this. How yeah. were the celebrations with Katy Perry? Yeah, I was saying to someone before, I, I um, got brought back down to earth pretty quickly after after the final, because a few of my mates gave me a bit of grief about my dancing and my sort of thigh tapping on the <laughs> stage. And I definitely wasn't going to get out there and give Soph and Bernsey and Molly a run for their money. I just sort of left them do their thing. But <laughs> it was pretty unbelievable sort of couple of hours after the game. I think the best part was we, we did the whole thing with Katy Perry on the stage and then walked back down into the MCG change rooms and there would have been 200 people in there family and friends just soaking up the win with us and and telling stories and sharing moments across the tournament that um, were funny or stressful or whatever else it might have been. So we had some really cool um, moments after that final and, and the days after that as well. Who was dressed in the, the cricket bat? <laughs> well, Molly Strano was in it for a bit. She's always finding ways to... Um, create some humour around the place and I think poor Matthew Mott's children were a little bit scared and then Miller couldn't stay away from the bat. So <laughs> um, It's going to be tough to top that in your career but uh, looking ahead, what are some of the goals that you've set yourself? Yeah, I think that is that is pretty tough. I think I'd love to lift a one-day World Cup as well. I was part of the, the 2017 one that went a bit pear-shaped and um, fueled a lot of fire in people's bellies in this Australian setup. So um, hopefully lifting one of those by the end of my career and, and maybe winning a trophy for Queensland would be nice. But I, I sort of think I'm at a point in my career now where I feel like I can have a genuine impact on the next crop of players as well. So um, maybe look for a bit more opportunity to, to do that and, and, and help people get better in their own game and, and things like that because um, I think that's really important as well. So... Um, I don't sort of have any long-term goals. I'm, I'm just enjoying my career at the moment and enjoying getting the opportunity to play for the teams that I do. So um, hopefully lift a few more trophies and, and help a few more people along the way. When you do get back in the nets, is there a shot or an aspect in your game that you really want to work on or refine? Um, well, I got some feedback as well from uh, one of my one of my friend's little cousins. He wrote me a note. He looks after my dog and... Um, you know, I wasn't going to see him when I picked Ruby up when I got back from the World Cup and his parents said, oh, why don't you write a note for Moons? And 
So little Andy's written a note and said, hi, Moons, well done on, on the World Cup win. Um, just a piece of advice, maybe hit the ball on the leg side a bit more. So I might take that advice on board and, and try and get a drop kick shot shot over the mid on or something a bit better. So, so little Andy's a bit happier with me. Let's get that bottom hand in motion, just drag it <laughs> to the leg side. Yep. Okay, we've got to talk about your dog, Ruby. Tell us what kind of dog is it and how long have you, have you had Ruby? And Yeah, Ruby's four and a half. She's a um, border collie with a little bit of kelpie in her, short, short brown hair. Um, she's, well, she's being quite good actually at the moment. Normally she's tearing up and down behind me, growling at anyone that walks past because she thinks anyone that I don't know is a threat <laughs> and it's going to... Um, you know, hurt us or something. So she, no, she's she's been good. She's given me given me an excuse to get out of the house while the weather's been great up here and, and take her for plenty of walks. I think she'll probably be really happy when the isolation's done because she'll only get a half an hour walk a day instead of two one hour walks. So <laughs> yeah, I think she's getting a bit tired of having me around. Well, I reckon each breed of dog has like a unique character. So I'm going to get you to assign a dog breed to some of your Australian teammates. Okay. Yep. So let's start off the top. Alyssa Healy. Alyssa Healy. I feel like she'd be one of those dogs that's like always going. So like a Vizsla or something. Oh, yeah. Vizsla, like just always going, annoying at times, <laughs> always playing pranks, um, never stops. So okay. Vizsla for her. All right. Uh, the skipper, Meg Lanning. Meg Lanning. Um, she's a bit more, you know, calm on the outside, not that Midge isn't, but, you know, a bit more measured, so a bit sort of slower going in terms of the way she goes about her business. Likes to be active. So I'd say probably a, that's a, that's a good one, maybe a Dalmatian or something. Dalmatian? Like, yep. Okay. Uh, how about Elise Perry? Elise Perry, just a genuine athlete, isn't she? Like a genuine athlete. One of my mates has a, a German short-haired pointer. And they're like, they need lots of exercise. They're always, you know, moving around, doing different things. Um, and they're just genuine athletes. So I'd probably say GSP. Okay. Uh, Megan Schutt. Megan Schutt. She's also, she's got a golden retriever, which I actually think is probably a good matchup for her. They don't like a lot of exercise. She's just happy to just be a homebody and, and sit at home. She always has to be touching. Like she, she's always touching has to feel close to people. Golden retrievers are like that. I think hers is actually like that as well. Um, See, so yeah, I'm going to go with that. How about Rach Haynes? Rach Haynes. Or she has a cat, so I'm not sure that I can assign a dog to Rach Haynes. So she's a cat person, whereas everyone else you've listed a dog person, although Meg does have, have a cat as well. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about Rach. It's a good one. Okay. Uh, two to go. Ashley Gardner. Ash Gardner. She's quite quick. Ash, so um, short burst. She's a short burst kind of person, so like maybe like a whippet or something. Oh, yep, whippet. And finally, not a teammate, but the coach, Matthew Mott. Labrador. <laughs> Eat likes a lot of food, drinks good wine, doesn't need a lot of walking, um, and just loves people. Doesn't want to offend anyone or upset anyone. Just a Labrador, I'd say. Fantastic. I think you've done some fantastic selections out. Selector might be in the future for you, Moons. Um, thanks for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it. And we'll let you go and walk Ruby. Okay. Cheers. Thanks.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.